0: For full accident management support, including motor replacement, repairs and personal injury compensation claims, just search G4 Claims today.
1: Uh, Hi and welcome to this week's episode of the DW Podcast. I am joined by Duncan Cowles. Thanks very much for for
0: coming on. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Thanks for for having me. It's uh, nice to nice to chat to you. No worries,
1: uh, for, for those that don't know, we, just before we were uh, recording there I was saying it's almost like a, a roles reversal thing here, it's usually you that is, is doing the interviewing and, and the filming, so I'll let you introduce yourself Duncan and, and tell us a wee bit <laughs> about you know, who you are and, and why I'm chatting to you I suppose.
0: Yeah I'm much better the other way around but um, uh, my, name's, yeah, my name's Duncan and I make documentaries I suppose, this is my, well depending on if you're is, is this just visual or is this audio and visual or just yeah, audio and visual so right okay so i'm in my bedroom which uh which is as tidy as i could get it um and yeah I'm, i made document i made a tv show called scary adult things which is going out well this this will be going out once it's up so it'll be on iplayer um uk wide uh, commissioned by bbc scotland and looks at uh each episode kind of looks at different, I guess, problem millennial problems or millennial things, uh, all kind of born from my own uh, insecurities, I suppose. So, episode one is living at home with your parents, which, um, which is what I'm doing right now, um, as as we're speaking. So, yeah. And whether that's that. that
1: I had the privilege yeah.
0: of getting a wee bit of an
1: early peek at it because you, you sent us it through before we we had this chat, and it's absolutely hilarious. It's it's brilliant and. I urge everyone to go and watch it. If they've not seen the first episode already on BBC Scotland, get it on the iPlayer. But we'll we'll come on to that because I want to talk about your journeys to to how you got there because I I think it's it's really fascinating. I think it's a story that uh, for me almost, you know, so many people have these ideas of making films and being filmmakers and they probably have all these great ideas in their head, but you're the type of person that's actually went out there and done it, you know, and To to blow your trumpet, a BAFTA award-winning filmmaker, you you left that out the introduction there. So, yeah, what's the story? I mean, you you studied
0: film and it took off from there. Was it a hobby before that? Um, No, I mean, if we go all the way back, I suppose I was at high school and kind of knew I wanted to get into filmmaking. But, you know, I didn't really know what. Quite like documentary, but wasn't really sure at that point. Went on to college um, just in Edinburgh and did like a TV production course, like um, an HND, and got more interested in documentary and then applied to go to Edinburgh College of Art, um, where I kind of went, went in to second year, straight into second year, and did three years there doing a degree in uh, filmmaking and, and very much like focusing on documentary whilst I was there and developing like how I we're trying out different styles and stuff like doing straightforward um interviews based stuff and then doing like slightly more experimental stuff and seeing where i kind of fitted on the on the um on the spectrum and uh, the style spectrum if that's if that's what you call it and um i uh yeah and then graduated worked at, i started putting like short films out kind of back then this was like 2013 i graduated um and Started so being 23, started putting short films out, kind of going around film festivals. And um, I was probably doing like one short, one kind of bigger short film a year um, that I was putting like maybe months of work into or whatever it was and sending that around festivals. And then kind of I was doing that almost every year for up until just now, really. And um on top of that, also worked at like the Scottish Documentary Institute for. Sort of two to three years where I got involved in other productions and bigger some bigger productions just in sort of smaller roles getting experience and meeting people and and then yeah I've worked for myself making films for people now for well I left there end of 2016 no 2015 sorry but I've been kind of freelance ever since doing my own films and uh, commissions for companies or for brands like I've done stuff for like TED I did like a TED talk Film, uh, which, which was, um, which was good fun, and
1: going off on a tangent. Duncan, yeah. I feel that uh people either love or hate TED Talks, don't they? It's like you're for <laughs> it and you're you're totally inspired and motivated, or you're like,
0: who is this wanter that's trying to you know get <laughs> me hyped up for something that I'm just not buying into. I know I went through a phase of listening to like the TED podcast, and um, I got fed up. It was too inspirational. um Well, not too inspiring. You sort of. There's a lot of that, like, big focus on achievement and stuff and actually, like, sort of does your in after a while. But um, I think the film kind of reflected that. It was about insecurities and not being sure what to do and what to film and not really knowing what you're doing with your life, which uh, it kind of runs through a lot of my work, Is I suppose, being quite insecure about a lot of things and trying to figure out what to do about it or what, how to, yeah, like would I be happier if I did this or, you know, so I'll go and try that out and would I, you know, and the series is very much like that. It's kind of um, investigating different people's lives and, I suppose, and figuring out if, if, if I should be doing more of something or less of something. Should I be worrying about living at home or should I just relax and enjoy the, the free central heat? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a huge question as well, isn't it? Insecurity and, and happiness because... It's very hard to measure, you know, and, and everyone measures it totally different. But just to jump back to uh, uh, something that you said earlier on and, and you touched on it and you says you wanted to find your style, you know, and, and I think that's really important when it comes to the, the role that you do and especially all the creative industries, because as much as you went and you've learned about this at college and, and you've had someone that's tried to show you the ropes, ultimately, in my opinion, what p- makes people good at this is having a uniqueness you know, and and having your own style and and being different from other people. So it's, it's probably quite a hard thing to teach.
0: Yeah. It took a long time as well. Like it, I mean, I still, my style still changes and evolves, like obviously as you kind of progress through different works and different projects. But I think um, at art college, I kind of stumbled upon like making more personal work. So me being involved in it in some way. And it was almost like when I started doing that, um, back in like second year, third year, you know, like people suddenly started engaging with my work a lot more and there was more interest in it. And I think people maybe felt there was like an honesty or like a openness of sort of exposing a little bit of myself alongside um, alongside the work. And I think it's only fair as well if you're interviewing other people in your films, you know, I, I'm like, well, I'm going to give a bit of myself up because that's only fair if I'm asking them to do the same. So, yeah, kind of... Um, yeah I'd say i'm more known for like my personal work and done a lot of films on my own family for example and um and yeah and I guess it don't do so much family based stuff anymore because I've kind of filmed them all but uh, <laughs> so now just film other people's family but yeah um so yeah it was it did take a while though, and you know you you make a lot of mistakes and kind of sometimes those mistakes work out better than. You know, like one of my films about my mum in a lamp, which was way back at the start of my kind of art college days. It was just a film with her coming into my room, talking about me needing to change my bedside table lamp. And um, ended up getting like hundreds of thousands of views overnight and going around film festivals and stuff. And um, yeah, that really like changed the direction. You know, it kind of pushed me towards doing more work with my family and things like that. And Yeah, but that was a complete accident. So... Um, I couldn't have planned that even you know it just sort of happens you just have to keep making stuff and then you kind of grow with the work and not everything I've done has been great either you know like there's been plenty of rubbish films along the way so yeah.
1: People really buy into that personal aspect though don't they especially in all art forms I think but at the same time you know you've touched on insecurity and and that's a recurring theme throughout your work but I I am not saying that you're, you're not insecure Duncan you know that more than any but I think it's it takes a lot of guts and courage to actually put yourself out there and and in the work that you're doing and have been doing for many years to film yourself and to talk to a camera you know and and to watch it back you need to have some sort of comfort and belief in yourself
0: yeah i think i was pretty like um sort of shy growing up and like was quite (laughs) scared to even leave the house a lot when i was younger you know like found things quite difficult found life quite difficult um socially going into filmmaking, one of the things that I think I enjoy about it is it forces me outside of my comfort zone and so when you expose a little bit of yourself on camera you have to go out and meet someone before it, you know, like, sometimes my entire body's like, don't do this, you know, like, go back home, go to bed, but I'll, um, kind of force myself through that because I always end up enjoying it once I've done it and, you know, you enjoy meeting the person and get having a laugh with them but, yeah it's it. it isn't something that necessarily came naturally to me when i was growing up so i think that's one of the reasons i do it yeah it forces me out of my comfort zone because it's my job so like i have to do it you know (laughs) like if i picked an easier thing where i could just stay at home and never leave the house i don't think i would have grown at all as a person i would have just stayed that shy kid that um you know, sat in his bedroom and sucked his thumb. So,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Do you think, I have to ask you this, because I now feel terrible that I have not seen it, but, but where can I watch this film with you and your mum and your lamp?
0: It's uh, it's on YouTube and, and Vimeo and stuff. If you type in The Lady With The Lamp and then my name, um, or go on my website, sort of com, you should be able to find it. It's called The Lady With The Lamp. And, um yeah, it's like a four-minute film. I was going to repost it on Twitter on Mother's Day on Sunday just to um just because it feels feels topical, but um but yeah, so it's uh yeah, so it's, it's, it's up there it's viewable it's I think yeah, I think it's something like four hundred thousand odd views on YouTube now which is just mad, but it created a big issue at the time because a lot of people thought I was being really disrespectful filming my mum. With, with her, her realising, but it wasn't that I was filming her, I was filming something else and then she just happened to come into my room. Oh, so she didn't know. Just, she, she's no, no, I was to waiting for her to leave and then she was banging on about my lamp being a bit useless, which I did eventually get replaced, so that's that's it there. <laughs> um, I've got two now, actually, I've got two lamps, I've got like a daylight one and a um, normal one, but... Um, I
1: think your
0: mum yeah, you has a lot to thank her for, I have to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. But um, yeah, it's, it's up there and it's um, it gave most people a good laugh, including my mum. You know, she she thought it was hilarious, but uh, some people online really took against it and that, <laughs> that created a big, you know, that's why it ended up being the front page of YouTube and all this stuff, because people were um, arguing about whether or not I should have done it. And I'm sort of sitting there nervously at the computer like, oh God what's going on did you, have, yeah. did you doubt yourself did you think oh should i have done this or... a re- yeah a wee bit but i just kept going back to that well my mum finds it funny so if she's okay with it then it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks do you know if she had said i don't want you to ever show this to anyone there's no way i would have shown it to anyone mm-hmm. because she was comfortable with it and thought it was funny we put it out there. And then, you know, it ended up being in the newspapers and stuff and her friends were seeing it and sending her, like, the newspaper clippings with, like, really? me and my mum and it. And stuff. So it ended up being a kind of funny joke in the family, which was which was good. But, yeah, completely unplanned and by accident. Like, I always say to, like, film students and stuff, I'm like, just film stuff. You never know. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen.
1: So. I think yeah. there's something really nice about that as well. And it's maybe not noticed at the time, but in hindsight, because without being too deep, like, a I spoke to someone previously on this podcast and they were saying, you know, I want to record some interviews with my mum and my dad so that I can look back on them in years to come, you know, and, and have that thing. And then when your mum's friends are sending her the press cuttings, you know, it actually becomes a thing. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. We, we've done something together. We've not intentionally done, but it's made other people happy as well.
0: Yeah, well, that was a nice thing about it as well, especially like going to screenings where it was getting shown. And even now still, it, it gets screened places and um, well actually not so much at the moment with there being no screenings but you know previously there was up until like last year there's still which getting shown at the odd festival and to audiences and like when you get to be there you know hearing the audience reaction and hearing it cheer people up is like one of the nicest things about making films that you know entertain people and stuff so So yeah, really good. And it's a bit like that with the rest of my family, having done interviews with, say, my grandparents as well. You know, like, not all of them are, still got two, but, uh, like, one of them that I made a film with, you know, died a few years later. And so I'll always have that film that I made with him to kind of remember him by. And, like, if I ever have a family, you know, it's like you can can pass these things on. So there is a real value in doing it. Whether you turn it into, like, a film that plays at festivals or not, it's kind of a, it's a good worthwhile thing to do with, um, with your family. I think
1: it's really I think that's a lovely aspect of your job and your role. Something that I'll be perfectly honest, Duncan, I have no clue how it works if you're a filmmaker. So, like, you, you speak about you know submitting your film to festivals and, and going to screenings. Like, if I had to compare that to being in a band, right? H- how does this work? So, imagine I've made a record and I'm sending it out to potential record labels. I would imagine that's kind of similar to what you're doing with the festivals? A wee but, bit, aye. Like, you're going around them, is that almost like you're, you're touring the festivals, or is it like,
0: how does it work? I suppose that would be like, aye, the easiest comparison would be like going on tour. It depends how well the film is received, but you, you know, there's like a list of festivals, or like I've kind of made a list that I've got yeah. of kind of sort of bigger short film festivals, for example, sort of ignoring the feature film stuff. So that's almost like a whole other step up. But the short film, there's a whole world of short film festivals that exhibit work and it's like a whole community, which is really nice. And you get to know people in it and stuff as you show work and uh, you basically just submit your work through submission portals or if you know the programmers, you might be able to just send it to them and um, a few months go by and then you start finding out if it's getting played places. And depending on the festival, you know, you can get, Sometimes paid to go and um, not paid, but you might get your flights covered and put up somewhere um, to go and show your film at like places. So we managed to get across Europe with some of my stuff, um, like Vienna and places in Germany and stuff over the years. it like not always, but it's, yeah, that's one of the nice aspects. if You can get your work out there. And so, I mean, it does sometimes it costs money to submit, so it can sometimes it's free, sometimes it's like a tenner. Sometimes it's like 30 quid, you know, like you kind of have to budget a bit of money almost to put the film out there and there's no guarantee it'll play. So, you know, it's a bit of a risk, but it's definitely worth doing. And yeah, you won't get in everywhere. You know, you'll get rejected from like 90% of places, but the 10% you get, you know, it's um, worth it. it. And it all started. I mean, like it started, I just took a punt on that film with my mum, and the Lamb, at Glasgow short film festival. That was the first place I ever submitted, and that's on. Well, that's on at the moment, or next week. Call probably when this goes out, it'll be it'll be on, and um, digitally. And uh, yeah, they, they and that was like a fiver or something. And I remember like I mailed off a wee check with it and stuff, and like uh, <laughs> yeah. and and they showed it, and that gave me the faith there's to then. No to bank transfers. It's like here's a check in the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the only time I've ever done a check, but um, I think it was digital very quickly after that but um but yeah so it was uh so it's it's kind of like that and then yeah there's an, there's like awards at some festivals so you might be eligible for an award i'd say like 95 percent, 99 of screens you know you're just really looking to screen the work but occasionally like i've been lucky enough over the years to win some awards for work and then you get like cash prizes or whatever it is you know which has also been nice but that's like that's like very lucky if you get that, like with the odd film managed to get a few awards, but that doesn't happen most of the time. And it's not really what you do it for either. That's just a nice bonus if that happens. So, um, so yeah, and it's all about just meeting other filmmakers and um, yeah, and having a bit of fun, you know, it's like getting to travel and especially if you make a film with a friend and you both get to go, like that's, that's even better. You're basically just, yeah, it must be like being in a band and getting to tour, I would imagine. It totally I not
1: I'm submitting my work and I'm going over the world and people are watching it and enjoying it and I can do this with my friends. It sounds brilliant.
0: It's good, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's not, I mean, there's there's plenty, <laughs> there's plenty of downsides as well. I could like talk about all the rejection emails and stuff, but you kind of just get used to that and I always say like to students and stuff, like, try not to pay attention to the rejections because like, if you let that get to you, you'll really, be, endlessly you know miserable because um, you get them every week you know you get them you can wake up to like three rejections you know but you just every now and again you get an acceptance and it's not like you put the rejections on your website you know people only see the the acceptances and then you just kind of build your career over a few years and then maybe make the step up and also do like feature film if you want to go down that path which is obviously more work but then there's the same thing for that as film festivals and um, and, yeah, I guess you're trying to get distributors and stuff and, yeah, all that kind of thing. But
1: yeah, You mentioned the awards there, Duncan, and it's it's obviously not what you do it for, and you do it for the, the love of the job as well. But as I touched on earlier, a BAFTA award-winning filmmaker, I mean, that that must be... You, you might not have done it for that reason, but it must be quite cool and uh, an honour to have that
0: next to your name. It was great, yeah. And it was a film that I made with, uh, with my friend as well, so it was nice to be able to share it with someone else you know um and there's a film that we've made about it's my friend ross hogg he's like an animator we would made this film about his gran and her kind of um she was at the sort of end of her life and it was kind of her telling the story and uh, we it was animation and documentary so it was back in 2016 i think who won the who won the award for that and got to travel a lot with the film which was great and yeah like it's obviously it's not what you do it for but it's Definitely, nice recognition when it happens, um, and you just enjoy, try and enjoy the moment because it might never happen again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was great, it was great fun. Yeah.
1: yeah, You said that you meet other filmmakers as well, and, and I am not putting these words out there, but I have read it that you have been compared to the Scottish Louis
0: Farouk. <laughs> I don't know where you, go. I'm sure someone said that at some point. Yeah, but um, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's I like his work, so. Um, I'm happy with that. I don't know if, uh, yeah. I mean, I enjoy watching his work, but I don't know. I, I guess he's far more experienced than than then um, He's been doing it for a lot longer than than I have. But but yeah, I suppose maybe the aspect of putting myself in my work a wee bit helps with that. Well, and that's yeah, why the comparison. He's
1: got a very laid back approach, you know, and in, in a very soft, relaxing tone. So maybe that's where it comes from.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I think there's there's another filmmaker like Nick Broomfield as well that people compare and he's he's also someone that I like. And I think those are the directors and, and filmmakers or presenters that I'm kind of um, drawn to. Is like they're not afraid to put themselves in it. And I, I find that when I watch programmes, like it's sort of slightly more honest and... You're not trying to ignore the fact that you're standing in the room with someone with a camera, because yes. you know there's a way of making films that, that ignores the filmmaking side of it, and that's perfectly fine as well. But I sort of feel like being there with a camera changes the situation so much that to ignore it is almost hiding the reality a wee bit. That's if that makes sense. Um, so that's why I quite like doing it as well. You know, it's yeah. um, and so much of the yeah. So much of it, kind of, yeah. Like I said, it sort of changes the situation. Like exactly. if I'm messing with a camera in the corner, you know, it's like it's weird for someone if I'm sitting in their house doing that. Ooh. It's not their average day, you know. So it's, not an it's actual obviously different
1: for someone to be in, is it? And and on top of that as well, I would imagine when you put that camera in front of people, people can often change. You know, if if you're uber confident and really out there, I can imagine it can really bring out the best in you. But you know, if, yeah. if you're a bit shy you know what, it could probably make you revert into yourself so I suppose that Mm -hmm. (laughs) without meaning to you're almost putting people in a position where they're like what did I do here
0: yeah yeah there's definitely like there's there's occasions where someone may um, perform a little bit more once the camera's turned on and you know you can kind of spot that and uh, that can be that can be good or bad but or there's people who maybe have had a bit of media training um, so they're maybe a bit more on guard when they're they're mm-hmm. being filmed about what they're saying and stuff. So there's different scales, and then there's people who've never been filmed at all, and they'll just sort of sit there and have a chat with you, uh, which is normally the easiest <laughs> um, and most enjoyable. But yeah, everyone's slightly different, and you don't always know how you're going to react when a camera gets turned on. Like especially if people haven't done it before, they can be totally relaxed, and then suddenly it can be actually quite nervous. If I'm sitting there sticking a camera in your face, so. Um, so, yeah, but but I think just chatting to people and reassuring them that, like, I've never got some kind of crazy agenda or anything. You know, I'm just interested in meeting people. So um, so normally it was okay. I've never had any complaints so far. So.
1: <laughs> I, want to, I want to touch on uh, your work that's, that's coming up on uh, the BBC uh, mm-hmm. and, and the series that you, you've got commissioned, which first one went out on Monday. But before that, I suppose... Uh, I should lead on to how, how I spoke to yourself. So I, I believe that people may recognise you from a view from the terrace as well.
0: Ah, if they're into football, um they might have seen the the sort of Duncan and Duncan put a shifting uh segments that are done on um uh a view from the terrace with uh Duncan McKay, um which I think we've done thirteen of them now in total. They're brilliant. Maybe. Absolutely brilliant. So, um, so yeah, that's the other the other thing, which and it's the same production team involved in both programs as well, which has been nice. So same producer and um, company. So so yeah, it's kind of it's good. I think if, hopefully if people like them, they would like the new series. You know, it's it's there's a similarity in in some of the style, but um, there's only one Duncan in it. That's the potential downside for some people if they want. If they want I both, do, but we'll yeah. still be doing more peer shifting. So yeah,
1: <laughs> I have to give them a bit of a shout out. Duncan McKay, I think, has, has been hilarious in these Duncan and Duncan sketches for a view from the terrace, and they, they, yeah. they are very similar to the uh, the series that's coming out. And I, I can see exactly what you mean, and I, I can see where you know it's it came from the same kind of production company or the same background because it works. Uh, for those that haven't seen it, I suppose it's it's very much sketches of you and, and your friend Duncan going around Scotland and visiting Scottish football grounds as well, and uh, there's some sketches yeah. where he's dressed up in a mascot costume, you know, at different clubs to look at behind the scenes and what actually happens at a football club in day to day. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, it's kind of shining a light on um, the unseen work that goes on around football matches from the point of view, like of I guess there's me who's I'm not particularly into football and um, nothing really against it i've just never never been that into it and uh, possibly just because my family's not into it i always wonder if that influenced it and um, and then there's the other duncan who i kind of follow around with the camera who like loves football you know visited every ground in scotland and just you know everything about it like he's uh, interested in so his enthusiasm kind of um hopefully matches quite well with Matt probably slightly less enthusiastic well, and skeptical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we're two sort of Duncans from two quite different sort of places. And we yeah, I don't know. I mean it's been great. Like obviously because before doing the first one, I didn't really know the other Duncan at all. We just got kind of shoved okay. together. And it's been really nice that we've been able to form a kind of friendship over um over the I guess it's a couple of years now since we did. The first one i think so um so yeah that's been one of the good things and we, yeah getting to go around all these clubs which have like i mean there's, there's, the people that work at these football clubs as well are so nice do you know what i mean they're like so welcoming because a lot of them especially the smaller ones is volunteers as well and so they're just they're delighted to have them um, have kind of a light shone on the work that gets done or oh, the last one we did was kind of the community uh sort of stuff that Stenhouse Muir have been doing um, whilst the whole pandemic's been going on, delivering food parcels and stuff like that, which I had no idea that clubs were doing. I thought it was just football. Um, But, you know, they're doing this whole other thing, which is really nice as well, and giving back to communities. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's nice that people enjoy them. And hopefully we get to keep doing more. I'm I'm always slightly worried that we run out of jobs for Duncan to do, because he's done so many now. But... uh, (laughs) hopefully we keep finding finding new ones
1: absolutely and there's
0: some i mean if people want to see it there's some available on online as well you know there's um some of them on the bbc scotland youtube but if you again if you go on my, my website i've kind of tried to collect the ones that are available from different places and put them on my site so
1: it's, uh, I find that quite interesting that you didn't know each other before because from watching it on BBC Scotland it seems like you've known each other for years and you've got a real connection there so that's
0: quite interesting Yeah. No, I, I had no idea I was slightly confused at first because they were talking about like me and they were talking about this other Duncan and I was, it took me like you know, you have to sort of for 10 seconds or so I'm like, hold on is there another person called Duncan or are you just, just like referring to me in third person but yeah, no, there's... There's this other dunk. I'm like, okay, right, fine. Um, but yeah, that was good. Like, can you hear the lorry in my street? By the way, Do you want me to shut my window? Can't hear it at all. can hear yeah, it. That's fine. It just it's loud where I am, but I didn't know if it was coming through the speaker. We no. have been. Oh, no, sk- someone's picking up a skip. And it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> not not Matthew, but someone up the yeah. On the not top. Not that it matters at all. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on
1: the topic of where you are, Duncan, uh, you're very much sitting on set of the, the new show on BBC Scotland called Scary Adult Things, which is a six-part series uh, where you face on head-on. Well, how would you describe it? I would say it's, it's turning 30. We must be around about the same age, you know, early 30s, and it's almost questioning, you know, have I got my shit together? You know, I'm 30, I'm staying at home with my parents, is this all right? And, and in the first, I won't talk too much about it, I'll let you do it, but in the first episode, it's like, I'm in my 30s, I live with my mum, I see my pals getting married and having kids and they're in these big houses with gardens and whatever else. Like, am I wrong here or is this totally fine?
0: Yeah, that's basically it. I think you're probably better at describing it than me because I am, um, I, always, I always muck it up talking about, I think I, I, I probably... Undersell the program, but it's uh, but yeah, it's basically like, yeah, trying to figure out if I'm doing it right or if other people are doing it right, or like, you know, it's like uh, living at home is the first episode, you know, and it's going and finding other reasons why people maybe live at home and trying to make myself feel a bit better about it. And then episode two, you know, it kind of almost carries on in that vein of like, well, you know, I've not got a pension, for example, so I probably should have a pension. and. Well, maybe how do how do I make extra cash? You know, like other people seem, everyone seems to have a side hustle these days, like some other kind of job or thing they're doing on the side to make extra money. And um, like fifty percent of people apparently these days um, have have another source of income. So I'm like, right, what could mine be? You know, so going out and trying different things, like that people have set up or different things people have set up websites to make extra money from, or people have um, I go and have tea with them. Um, someone set up a tea with naughty sheep experience in uh, near loch lomond so i go and like what have afternoon it? tea with some sheep um <laughs> so it, like total bizarre things that you're just like people are making extra money from which is which was good fun and figuring out like oh what could i offer you know like so i try and offer a couple of my own sort of side gigs and see if they work or not um and yeah, so it's good. Kind of, there's like a participatory element as well, where I'm kind of putting myself in it and seeing if I can kind of uh, come up with some ideas and solutions. But then I'm also speaking to other people and learning about what they've done um, as well. So it's, yeah, it's a good, um, hopefully it's like good fun to watch, but yeah.
1: It certainly is. It certainly is. And I, and I think the reason why it's, it's also very good is because it's so relatable to many people. You know, I think you touched on the first episode, and I've maybe got this figure wrong, but you said one in four people of that age live at home with their mum. Is that right, one in four?
0: Yeah, I think when we did it, I think the number's actually gone up, but that was the sort of latest official statistic we could find. It was like a quarter of people in the millennial age range, which was, I should probably have this written down in front of me. I think it was something like 26 to 36-year-olds or something. It was like, a let's say, around about the 30-year-old mark. Um, Still live at home with their parents and i think more because of the pandemic but actually the first episode was filmed pre-pandemic so it um it maybe wasn't as many but still like a huge amount you know what i mean and a lot of people a lot of my friends still do stay at home um but there is a whole number of other ones that have massively got their life more in order or seemingly got their life more in order than me um and it's kind of looking at like well, is it a big deal like should i feel as daft for Still living in the same bedroom that I grew up in, or you know, am I have I got it figured out? Maybe it's the right thing to do, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, you know, like I was saying, free heating and then <laughs>
1: absolutely,
0: I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to
1: that either. You know, and, and without getting off on a tangent, I feel that society almost paints this idea that this is what you have to be doing. You know, you, you have to be, in, and I say this about a lot of my friends, and this is not a bad thing at all. You know, I'm planning to get married this year, but a lot of my friends are married with kids quite young. And, mm-hmm. you know, I look at them and I think it's fantastic. You know, they've got amazing families, amazing lives there as well. But that doesn't mean that necessarily other people are doing it wrong. And it doesn't matter if yeah. they've done it right. But I think, you know, it's, we're maybe moving away from that now. You know, that I feel that people don't grow up as quick as they did maybe in our parents or our grandparents' days. You know, it, it's not like you have to get married and have a kid before you're 30, son. You know, it's, you know what, go enjoy yourself. Travel around the world. Do things that you want to do like being a filmmaker you know it's it's not like get, yeah. a, trade, get a trade and have kids and you're sorted you know
0: <laughs> well i say yeah i think things have changed so much from like the generation generations above um like i think a lot of people my age will say that like, you know their parents had had kids by this point you know and like married had a house um and it's like well i've not done any of those things but should have you know or is it okay to wait another few years you know, yeah. um. And yeah, there is no right and wrong. I think that's it. It's like, it's kind of maybe trying to relax a bit and not worry too much about what other people are doing or what you're doing and just doing things at your own pace. Um, Like I think most people, a lot of people will be able to relate to that thing of looking online, uh, whether it's like Instagram or Facebook, whatever, and going, oh God, they've done this. Oh, that's another person done this. Or like so many people are into like fitness and jogging. Like, should I be doing that? Do you know, or like... um, and kind of I ah, like I'm I'm a bit useless with social media. So and I find it kind of scary posting stuff if I'm honest, because it's like, oh god, like what I say the wrong thing? But so many other people are doing it all the time and it's you know, that's looked at in the series as well. It's like influencers or like that kind of thing, and like should we all be posting more or should I be posting less? Or uh, you know, it's it's um it still stresses me out a bit thinking about all that in fact marketing the show is a stressful thing because it's like oh god I've got to really post about this so that people know about it but that doesn't necessarily come naturally <laughs> to me at all so also yeah, brings- I like to make the work but I just I just put it out and then let it do the work but yeah
1: that question that it brings up as well people are like oh they're only doing that for the grammar they're only doing that for instagram right. I mean, it's like they probably are but is that a bad thing who are, who are we to judge I suppose you know yeah and uh, you, t- you touched on the fitness thing there, the thing that I've seen everyone doing at present, or not everyone, but a lot of people, is these like cold baths
0: and going outside All and right. like, outdoor swimming. I'm thinking like, what is the f- like- water swimming and that. Yeah, everyone's banging on about that. Yeah. It's, hi, it's, um, hi, it's mad. You go to the reservoir nowadays, it's like queues of people with towels, do you know what I mean? It's right. like, this used to be a nice wee walk that I would go on and now it's just like, open water <laughs> swimmers everywhere I mean I suppose it's fine you know I, I get there's maybe health benefit I've done it I mean I've, I do it in the in the um, in the second episode I go and that's one of someone's sort of uh, almost side side gig you know they, they kind of take me and we do some open water swimming which and it's good fun like I do kind of enjoy it and I enjoy the shock of it but yeah it's, it's exploded like the last year or two like loads of people doing it right? mm-hmm. or ice, ice baths as well so a lot of people doing um ice baths, I feel. But I, I, I'm like, where do they get all the ice from? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of ice. Unless you've got like an ice machine. And is that environmentally... Do you know what I mean? It's probably better to nip up to the local pond or whatever, I don't know. Whatever's in your neighbor. I don't know what people are living next to but essentially don't do that, actually. So I feel like I'm now giving bad advice going to the local pond for a dip. Just don't do anything that I say. Just, uh,
1: Yeah. <laughs> By the time that, as I've said before, by the time that this is episode is out, people should have watched uh, episode one. But th- there was some things in episode one that just really struck home with me. And it was, you know, you, you were looking online at the prices of houses in your area uh, and what you could get for, for what you were willing to spend. And uh, yeah. you went out and seen a garage in central Edinburgh, you know, and the, the prices that they're charging for these garages. And there's no running water, you know, there's no bath or shower. But they say there's electricity,
0: but you can't find it there, you know, it's like... There's, aye, it's got electricity, which wasn't working when I was there, suspiciously. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. You'd, parking spaces in Edinburgh are going for the price of, what well, you know, what you'd expect to pay for a house, do you know what I mean, somewhere. Um, and you can't even necessarily do anything with it, because you probably won't get planning permission or anything to change your car parking space into a house, you know, or, you know, you can't just build up upwards you know, like they're not allowed to do that. So, um, but yeah, that's what, some people obviously have enough money that they can pay for a car parking space in the centre, centre of Edinburgh which is nice for them but yeah, I just, it's mad and that's one of the reasons I still live at home is like, I kind of, I mean I live in Edinburgh and I, my parents live on the outskirts of Edinburgh so I've kind of been able to live at home and it's I've still been able to sort of live my life but uh and save money to then hopefully buy somewhere but like every year i save a bit more money but every year the house prices go up more than i'm able to save and you know you can get one of the like one of these help to buy eyes and stuff but i mean you know a lot of good that is do you know what i mean you're only allowed to save like at most a couple hundred quid a month do you know what i mean and i'm like the prices are going up so fast <laughs> that you you have to you sort of win the lottery or something or take out some massive mortgage where you're just going to be paying off the rest of your life, which is probably what I'll have to do in the end. But um, you,
1: you'll yeah, have it's, to, pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty depressing. Lamps as well, if you move out,
0: there'll be will be no lamps <laughs> at all. I'm hoping to take at least one of these lamps with me, but um, <laughs> we'll see. I think I prefer this one because it's it's got the dimming the dimming function, which is quite nice to sort of wake up to. Okay. Whereas this one, it's um, is useless if you're not watching on video. But this one's got. Um, this one's a bit harsh. See so oh, that? Nah, 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 that's too much yeah, for the morning. That, that's changed the whole colour. Yeah, so, so I like the dimming one. I wake up to that. That kind of goes up as a wake up in the morning, which um, which is nice for, for for the winter months, especially.
1: So. The, the series is very self-reflective. Duncan, is, is there anything that you feel that... Is there any outcomes or points that you've learned about yourself or came away thinking... This is what I feel after filming that. You know, what was your, what was your uh,
0: conclusion? Definitely. Sort? I mean, like, yeah, because meeting so many people over the course of it, who do different things and sort of live their life in slightly different ways. I think, I mean, a lot of people are just winging it. That's, which, in a good way. Do you know, like, we're all kind of in the same boat, just figuring it out. And even the people that maybe think they've figured it out that more probably haven't either. Do you know, like, we're all sort of just testing after testing stuff and just kind of going for it and the other thing that I kind of came away feeling a strong sense of was like how nice it was to actually just um speak to people and connect with people and learn about different people's lives and as much as it's a series about you know millennials and all this sort of stuff it really is just like a series of documentaries about different people you know and um I think I went away feeling really good about you know people being nice and people like you know like kind of maybe just because they were nice to me when we were filming and stuff but I was like oh do you know what like everyone's all right and everyone's just doing their own thing and you don't need to worry about what folk are saying online or what people are doing or what you're not doing and it's kind of just taking a step back and doing your own thing even if it feels a bit weird you know it's like if you want to stream video games go for it do you know what I mean like especially if you can then make living from it like some of the people I spoke to in the gaming episode generally are like yeah why not like that sounds good to me so um, yeah I think not worrying too much about the insecurities and just kind of owning it a little bit I suppose like I'm trying to do by being open about all my insecurities in the series and it's like well yeah who cares do you know like we should all just be chilled out about it and just figure it out together. <laughs> I, I, Things change so fast as well, eh? So I don't know. I the,
1: the early episodes that, that I have seen uh, and read about as well, but the thing that I take away from it the most is, and, and this is a, maybe a bit of self reflection on myself as well, is don't be so judgmental. You know, you, you don't right. know people's backstories, you don't know why someone's made this decision to do that job or have that career or stay in that house or move to a certain place, you know. And I think often as society, we're also quick to jump on something and say, what's he doing that for? What's she doing that for? that's not right. And yeah. your right isn't someone else's right, you know, and I think the series really has that underlying tone, whether that was intentional or
0: not. I feel that that really comes through. That, like,
1: What makes you happy doesn't yeah, necessarily make someone else happy.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's that's um, that's it. And sort of challenging those stereotypes as well of like what you might think of someone who's in that position, you know, someone who lives at home or someone who doesn't drink or someone who um yeah games a lot or someone who's super into fitness or you know whatever it is that the episode's looking at it's like what you might imagine that person to be and maybe there's some truth in, in some of it but then also breaking through that and going well actually at the end of the day we're all just people doing what we kind of want to do or what we feel is maybe right or yeah we're winging it i think is <laughs> oh, almost what i keep coming back to or maybe i mean i'm definitely winging it <laughs> um uh <laughs> So yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think that's good. That's good if you if you felt that watching it, that's good. We don't know what, I think that's what one of the contributors, Alistair says in, in the first episode, he's like, you know, you don't know, walking down the street, seeing someone, you don't know their story, you know, you don't know what's going on with them. Um, they've got a whole, you know, so you shouldn't be so quick to judge. But we are all guilty, I mean, we're all guilty of judging too quickly. Like, I mean, I, I do it without thinking, and then you have to sort of go on or... The, I'm sure they weren't meaning to throw that thing at me or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you're spot on. We're, we're also guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of it myself as well. And, and it's when you watch things like that back, like this show, that you think, do you know what? I need to kind of chill out a wee bit and just let people
0: be themselves back. and
1: live their life. You know, who cares? Who cares what they're up to? They're not harming anyone
0: else. And they seem to uh,
1: be themselves.
0: Good. And it was nice to try out some of the things as well and like sort of live. Try living live in life a little bit like some of the other people that I met and just kind of um yeah there's things that you take from that as well like how fun a lot of it was um in some of the other episodes where I kind of went out episode six for example I go camping in the woods with a guy um who kind of tries to disconnect from things and take, you know he goes off without technology and lives spends a night in the woods and stuff and um not the kind of thing that I'm naturally drawn to doing, but really enjoyed it, do you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, that's hopefully a fun thing that people see in the series as well. Episode one's largely based in people's houses, given the subject matter, but with the rest of the episodes, we do try and get out and about and sort of have a lot more activities and things that I'm doing, so yeah.
1: Do you know what I have wondered from watching it, and I actually thought this after episode one, you, you obviously have researchers there as well who
0: who help with the background to it. Yeah. How do you find these people? Yeah, a so mixture. So we, we did a kind of... So there was three researchers in total that worked on the production at different stages. So there was a researcher when I was doing the pilot, which was like the first episode back in 2019. And then um, there was a different researcher for the rest of the episodes... For like a, we did a kind of five week period in, during the first lockdown, kind of in April, all working from home. We had a researcher working remotely. They were trying to find contributors in different ways. I was also trying to. We were kind of picking a. We want someone who does, you know, we want someone who's a, a a gamer who streams or something, you know. Like, let's try and find someone. So, like, we were all kind of. We're picking contributors each and trying to find the right person and speaking to them and. figuring out if they'd be up for it and all the rest of it. And then there was a big break after that five weeks over the summer where we were kind of waiting on approval from the BBC to kind of basically get started. And then we had another researcher, so the third researcher then came on for the kind of start of production. So I was then going out and filming with the ones that we'd already found. And she was trying to find people along with myself who was still kind of searching and asking friends of friends of friends if they knew anyone who would be like you know suitable for it and um yeah and that's how it kind of worked on a on a practical level but we yeah it's hard it's quite a difficult job recently a lot of it is like i'll ask people like do you know anyone who might know someone who and it kind of works like that also you know I did a bit of like posting on Facebook groups and stuff like I joined I don't know how many Facebook groups I joined during the research it's an absolute nightmare because I'm still a member of them all and I get all these um crazy notifications and I'm like oh god I'm still in that group um but yeah posting in them posting out on social media also like news articles I found we found one guy through like a news article that had been done on him and I was like all right cool that's actually exactly what we're looking for and got in touch with him um, yeah I mean it's quite difficult it's not an easy job doing the research and, and so I've got full respect for the the three researchers that worked with over the course of the and one of them then the one during production also would accompany me on the odd shoot most filming I did by myself as you sort of see in the program but for some of the more tricky shoots were maybe outdoors and um, she was there Um it was also a coronavirus restriction we kind of couldn't have of course. you know like i mean i normally film by myself anyway but uh it was also an extra kind of necessity that during this it was like just me <laughs> me in the corner of someone's room like <laughs> five meters away from them. so yeah um, it's, but we managed, we got...
1: it's super interesting really interesting uh it's, it's a bit yeah. more work than these journalists that you see on twitter who are like replying to someone's photo and saying can i use this and i'll give you credit and. Usually
0: for the sun, they get told where to go, you know. Aye, it was, yeah, it was quite a long process. I mean, it was probably like, what are we on? Are we on It's March? So yeah, it was like a year ago that we kind of got the green light to kind of start. And then obviously the pandemic hit. There was a bit of sorting out. So it has taken a good year to get this thing made. Plus, that's not including the kind of pilot that was done in 2019, albeit with some sort of updated footage that we put in. Um, you know, we do like a time jump at the end, for example, where it flashes so that people know it's kind of twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Um, because I think I shake someone's hand in episode one, and you, you know, if you, watch someone, if, you, if you watch that now, you're like you jump out your skin. So, um, <laughs> what's he doing? Um, so, yeah, it was all it's all it's all safe. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> Is there any of the hobbies or, or interests that you have filmed and discovered through this series that you will now do yourself?
0: That's quite a good question.
1: Um, I'm going to take from that delay that the answer is no.
0: Not necessarily. Let me think. I mean, I suppose I already did say with like the gaming episode. You know, one of that that was born from feeling a bit daft, maybe embarrassed, still playing games into this kind of uh, into my thirties. But you know, I still play games and I maybe feel slightly less embarrassed about it now having made a whole program about it there's kind of no getting away from it um and speaking to people that made careers from it and stuff I was like do you know what like it's 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 an absolutely fine thing to be doing so um I still do that and I don't do it like I don't stream it or anything but every now and again I do get I do it does cross my mind I'm like uh, you know, maybe I could stream a game or something, but then I never get around to it. I, I was never seen it. You're Duncan and you'll have your Twitch channel set up with X of thousand people subscribing to it. I know, I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting here with my headphones on <laughs> and my little thing and I'll be like it'll be, what you got, you get like a it'll be like a glowing logo of me behind, you know, with like my Twitch stream and I'll be telling you to subscribe to Amazon and that gives me money or something, you know, as a whole, yeah. I watch do, do? I watch a lot of, you know, like Lummi's twitch streams and find them endlessly entertaining um and i do get you know i like having dug into it a little bit i'm like i do get why people enjoy it actually it's just another way of entertaining people like we I spoke to like the comedian ian sterling in the show um so i was like what you, like you know what's he doing playing games like he's a presenter and all this and he's like well it's just another way of entertaining people like all his gigs comedy gigs were cancelled for the in the pandemic, so. He was just doing more Twitch streams and kind of telling jokes that way. And I'm like, yeah, the gaming part is actually almost secondary for a lot of them. And it's it's just another way of entertaining. It's like, yeah, it's like a podcast or it's um, like having your own TV show or whatever, I suppose. It's just another medium of um, expressing yourself and, and connecting with people. Naturally, actually that's good. You know, that should be encouraged. So we shouldn't feel about, embarrassed about any of that stuff, <laughs> hopefully. Um so yeah, maybe I would, maybe I would stream. I think if I was if I was I, I've been so busy with making the show that I've not had any time there, but maybe I'll do a couple of streams or something to promote the show or something. That could be that could be an idea.
1: Duncan, I'm going to hold you. To this I will be your first subscriber, but you need to come up with a good streaming name. You need a, a catchy name that will drag people in. What would you suggest? Mm,
0: I don't know. Like um. Duncan the streamer, is that, <laughs> is that too basic? A bit better than that. Uh, maybe, maybe something
1: like at home with Duncan and then it ties in. Slam dunk? Slam
0: dunk, yes. I don't, I, I, that makes it sound like it's going to be about basketball, though. Um, don't slam dunk. That's maybe too on the defensive. Um that's a good question. I do have a thing. Is I had to get a profile to record some footage. So I do have one. It's
1: all I don't coming even know. out now. It's
0: all coming out now. You, you've got this. I don't think I've. I have do not think I've. Uh, let me just check what it's called. It's just called Duncan Kells. That's sorry. That's really un, that's really underwhelming, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think
1: you've had this in the pipeline for a while, and you're you're just going to ease it in there. You know, oh, I might stream
0: something. Duncan I K- might st- yeah. definitely subscribe just in case. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, 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 like not, I no, I would never say never. I don't have the the proper setup really because um, I don't think my computer's fast enough. But I, th- I know you can do it through the PlayStation. But to do that, it means I would have to be in bed, and I don't know if that's you know like an issue for folk if you're doing your stream from bed. Is that all right? Maybe that's you know a mean? unique take. Maybe that is what could set you apart from the others. Being in bed, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know if people then start to expect something else, which I probably wouldn't be open to, but, you know, I do have the, the I got the PlayStation camera thing and um, thinking I would need it for the show. Actually, I actually didn't, but so maybe I'll just use that and do, do some do some. but I don't know what, you know, I, gaming for me is quite a private thing. I'm like, I quite like getting a, getting a game and working my way through the story. And it's like a way to relax. So to share it publicly, I don't know if I'd get the same enjoyment that I get. It would be like a different thing suddenly, you know? Um, but maybe. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. Um, it's
1: no longer your downtime to chill out. You know, you are then front and centre. You have to perform.
0: Why? Well, that's it. I, d- I mean, yeah. I like the idea of just chatting. I mean, I almost like the idea of it just being a webcam. You know, in like the olden days where they just did webcams and that was, that was like enough. But now you've got to play a game at the same time. It's like, oh, do I have to? Can I just, like, can we not just chat? I know there is a thing called just chatting I saw. Maybe that would be the one for me. Um, I don't know what i am chat about, though. (laughs) My lamps probably, knowing me. Um, So, yeah, I never say never. that's probably the one that I'd say most likely. You know, like the fitness episode, I don't know if my life has changed dramatically since doing it. Like, I still probably do the same amount of fitness, that I did before and I definitely don't post about it <laughs> Um so that's probably yeah alcohol, those are the alcohol episodes I don't think I drink any less or any more than I did previously um, i was reasonably balanced I think side hustles none of them have taken off that totally I
1: set up in, and that is it
0: There's also a sort of BBC thing where I'm actually not really allowed to make money from any of the things that I do in the show. So, even if it was really successful, annoyingly, um, it would have to go to charity. So, which is great, obviously, not bashing that, but you know, I'm thinking maybe get the house first, um, get the pension sorted, then the charity, you know. Um, But, like, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'd have to say I wouldn't be able to set up one of the ones from the show, though. At least not under my name. That's when the streaming yeah. name comes into it. They wouldn't know it's you. Aye, I feel like I should really have had a streaming name planned for this. Slam dunk feels like the closest we've got.
1: I can't believe you—you you almost rounded this positive uh, podcast off by saying charity starts at home.
0: Char- <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, I do give, like, I actually do give money to charity reasonably often, but. Um, but yeah, I. Uh,
1: on the spot here, I do not
0: expect you to tell me all the charities that you give to or explain why. No, you... I've, I've got a list of them. Just to prove, I've got evidence. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I. Um, nah, but you, you know, you know what I mean. It's. Um, okay, I am. Um, I'm uh, all up for. I'm all up for charity. Duncan It's been a, <laughs> an
1: absolute pleasure chatting to you. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I've loved the first few episodes of the show and. I would definitely encourage those that haven't seen it yet to uh, go check it out on BBC Thanks Scotland.
0: When's it actually going to be on? What, Monday night at? Aye, right, so it's like Monday, the March the 15th, it was the first episode goes out at 10.30 on the BBC Scotland channel. But, and it's then weekly, every episode's weekly for, on Mondays. But I um, found out like recently that all of the episodes will actually be available from Tuesday the 16th on iPlayer. Oh, so, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to wait weekly now. You can just get them all on Tuesday 16th. So if this is going out on Wednesday 17th, that's yesterday. They're all available. Um, and providing it's gone down reasonably okay and I've not changed my name uh, and moved country, you can find me on all the, all the usual socials. Um, so like Twitter and all that at Duncan Cowell's, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're, I guess if you're watching or listening to this, it'll probably be written in the description anyway, how you spell it. So I'll not spell it out, but yeah, it's, um, so yeah, that's, that's, and that's probably, and if you want to watch any of my other films, obviously as well, like the one with the lamp, um, probably just find it on my website or Vimeo or Google or, you know, Whatever, whatever, really. Um, so I was really awful way of promoting promoting uh, myself. I feel like a bit of a shambles, but um, yeah, I, 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 people people work out. Do you know what I mean if they like something, they'll find it, I or if they want to find fantastic. it. Fantastic, yeah. thought you, you certainly uh, <laughs> done yourself proud there. Um, and <laughs> I mean, certainly messed up the, oh. the, the, the last. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Though people are savvy enough
1: absolutely no listen thanks to everyone who has watched or listened to this podcast if you've not please go back and check some older episodes uh one coming out in a few weeks is with craig telfer who is also on a view from the terrace with duncan please go check out duncan shows get him on social media and thanks very much cheers